Howdy there, folks. Welcome back to the What the Futures podcast. Uh, this one is going to be a little bit different, uh, as you're going to see here in the next couple of minutes. Um, I had a, a chance to connect with uh, Christy Friesen from Rebellion Farms here uh, probably a week or so ago now. This episode's going to go out towards the later part of February, and it was at the beginning of the month uh, there that we uh, that we connected. Um, I just wanted to to uh, thank Christy for joining uh, the episode number one, and and just talking about her experience of of not getting paid from uh, a specific grain uh, company here uh, this this winter. Um, obviously, it takes uh, courage to to uh, step up and uh, share uh, this type of story. Um, I want to say to everybody listening, um, you know, I certainly don't mean any harm to any organizations out there. Um, but, you know, one thing, you know, a couple of things get my blood going here. Um, but but one of the top ones is when uh, farmers do not get paid in a timely fashion for the grain that they've delivered. Uh, 2023 was not a fun year for many. This winter has not been fun uh, with the stress of uh, these markets dropping. And uh, it's frustrating when you do all that hard work, deliver that grain and don't get paid or or maybe it's slow to get paid. Um, so the company that we talk about in this podcast, uh, they are somewhere between 90 and I don't know, 90 to 100 days uh, behind on payment is my guess. Uh, they could tell you exactly where they're at. Um, I know that uh, payments are delayed but are happening uh, or seem to be, but I do want growers to be aware of, of what's going on and uh, just to help protect themselves in these types of situations as best you can. All right. Uh, it's no fun uh, doing business with a company, expecting payment and then not receiving it. Uh, because this is a, a bit of a stressful topic, um, the podcast or what the futures, we're going to make uh, small monetary donations to the Do More Ag Foundation. Uh, on behalf of growers across the prairies, we're going to do a, a small donation to the Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program. And then in Saskatchewan, the Farm Stress Line, uh, which is 1-800-667-4442. And uh, again, that's the Farm Stress Line. If you're uh, having a tough go, um, that's a confidential line that you can call and uh, and get some help uh, to help manage the, the stress that you're under. Um, so uh, with that, uh, let's get into the episode. And um, if you have any feedback for this episode or if you want to add to the story uh, please reach out to the podcast ryan at uh, whatthefuturespodcast.ca and uh, happy to connect or you can reach out across our social media platforms as well um, and just share your experience or you know we can jump on on the pod one day here in the near future um, i have reached out to this company uh, on twitter or an x uh, and i have asked them to join the show as well um, but no response directly to that message yet. Um, but maybe after they hear this, they will uh, want to jump on and, and tell us what's going on with their organization. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to uh, the conversation I had with Christy Friesen of Rebellion Farms. 
Welcome to the podcast, folks. Again, it is a What the Futures. I uh, hope you're having a great day wherever you're tuning in. Uh, with me today, uh, I've got Christy from Rebellion Farms. Normally on the podcast, I like to talk about crop markets and I like to talk about uh, business decisions and uh, crop inputs like fertilizer and things like that. But today we're going to take the podcast down a little bit of a different journey. It's uh, a topic that is uh, is close to my heart as well because when it comes to getting paid for the crops you grow, it's very important that you do, especially when margins are tight. So that's what we're going to spend our time on here in this episode. Uh, with me, I've got Christy from Rebellion Farms here. Christy, how is your day going? <laughs> it's going. <laughs> awesome. It's a very, very nice and sunny, bright Monday up in the peace country, actually. You bet. Awesome. Um, why don't we just do a quick introduction here to get started? Maybe give me a, a little bit of your of your background, um, your farm's background as well. Sure, sure. Um, so myself and my husband, Kelly, we are uh, strictly a grain operation. Um, we're approximately 5,000 acres up in the peace country of Alberta. Um, mm -hmm. We do a variety of things on our farm. Um, canola, wheat, peas. Uh, we've done barley. We've done oats. We've done red lentils. We've done faba beans. You know, we've even done peola and done intercropping. So um, mm -hmm. trying, trying new things is definitely not something um, that we're scared to do. So and uh, yeah, uh, we've been, both myself and my husband have actually been born and raised in the peace country. So hmm. we're born, born and raised up here, I guess. Nice. I've, I've, I've been a few times up north now, and I actually met you in person back uh, a couple of years ago now. I yeah. can't remember the name of that great little uh, establishment we had a, a farm meeting in, but uh, it was a brewery of some sort. Um, the Highland. Yeah, there we go. That was good. good time. <laughs> yes, good time. it is. It is. Um, so I, I read somewhere that it was not many years ago where you guys were farming even, you know, a few less acres. And um, I can't remember the entire story. I, don't, I can't even remember where I read it, but you're active in a few boards as well, right? Yes, I am. So I actually am region one director for Alberta Canola also. So that means I, I represent kind of the North piece, uh, Northwest okay. piece um, would be my area. There's two other directors that also represent in the piece. So there's three of us that represent the peace country as a whole uh, on that board. Um, I'm also very involved with uh, my very, my local agricultural service board uh, for mm -hmm. the MD of peace. Uh, uh, very involved in that. Um, I've sat as a delegate on the Alberta Week Committee commission when it was the Alberta Week Commission back in the day, mm -hmm. I guess, a couple years ago. Um, and I've also um, uh, had the opportunity to sit on uh, the provincial board for the ASB, the Agricultural Service Boards. Um, so that is where each area um, through the municipalities, I represented the piece as a whole on that board also. So I've had my fair, fair share of being involved in agriculture. Um, and things like that and not only that just the networking that you make in in egg and the way that um i guess that agriculture is and i guess the way that society is now is a lot of things are done online right and you yep. network so yep. <clears throat> yeah yeah you bet i uh yeah i i, I again for perspective here folks um 
I, yeah, I met you a couple of years ago and, and you're very involved. And I've, I remember when I met you in person for the first time, I was almost like, Oh, like I followed you on, on X and I've seen you at farm meetings and stuff, but to meet you, I, I was a little bit like awestruck. Um, you have that, that following. So anyways, um, I, I know today that this subject is, uh, is a stressful one and, um, I, I can't even remember when it was or where I saw it, but sometime late in 2023, uh, I saw something about a slow payment and do you, do you want to walk us through what you went through here late in, in 2023? Where does this all kind of start? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I guess how it all kind of started is it, we had uh, a couple loads of peas, um, green peas actually is what we had contracted three loads. Um, and we ended up, uh, the contract was originally drawn up for October. So delivery was mm -hmm. October. Um, uh, payment terms were uh, 25 days after last load is delivered. 25 calendar days. Sorry, let's be very clear because that's very important. Um, that uh, that was when a payment was supposed to be expected. Um, that didn't actually end up happening. Um, what kind of started to happen was it turned into a, oh, we're going to have some funds, but they're going to be next week. We're not going to be able to get them to you right now. It turned into, we'll let you know, we'll keep you updated. And then it turned into not answering calls and then just a random text message that, oh, well, we'll we're delaying your payment again. It's like, no, no, you're not going to text me and say that we're delaying your payment. And I need to know why. I'm a why person. I am yep. a why person. Um, yep. So I need to know why. Um, and then it turned out that uh, on top of all this, I actually had a crop insurance claim for the green peas. Also, we were in a production shortfall uh, mm -hmm. this year because, as everybody knows, um, it was a droughty year this year. And, and the yep. piece was absolutely no exception to that. Um, so, yeah, um, it started. That's kind of where it started out is, is it was supposed to be just kind of late by a few days. And then it kind of turned into, well, I need my settlement because now you're holding up my crop insurance claim yep. because FSC can't continue on with that because I've actually hauled you. Um, and I mean, everything kind of just went really was really, really sticky right from the get go. Um, so after the first load was unloaded October 28th in Gibbons, Alberta. Uh, it was actually going to a pet food place. Um, mm -hmm. And they were actually, and this is also very, very important. They were actually grade peas. So they were bought as a number two um, pea, as an mm -hmm. actual graded grain um, by a grain broker that is actually not licensed to do that in, in, in Western, in Canada, actually. Okay. Uh, so as I progress throughout the story, you'll find out more and more details because I decided to do some investigating and I decided to do some research. Um, um, I wasn't getting a clear answer as to why I couldn't get the funds. Okay. I was I was not getting a clear answer. It was, oh, I assure you the money is coming every time. And no offense, but you're a stranger on the other end of the phone. I don't know you. I don't know you from a stranger on the street. How can I... So I was I trusted you with my three loads of grain. How am yeah. I supposed to trust you that I'm going to actually get paid now? So yeah. So okay. So you you write up a contract. You've you've done business with this company before. Yeah, or know we people have. That have? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we have done. Um, so uh, for us up in the piece, um, market access into the feedlots is kind of somewhat challenging for us. Yeah. We don't. We are not like Central Alberta or Southern Alberta where we have like you know, we can phone whoever <laughs> and it's no big deal, right? Yeah. Um, so the broker that we were using was a great. Uh, at one point, they were a great connection for that from people in the north to make that central southern Alberta connection to those to those feedlots or to yep. the pet food places anywhere. Right. Um, yeah. So contract was done up. And after contract gets done up, we uh, load one truck. It's yep. delivered October 28th. Um, Unload that- is fine. No, no questions, no issues, no nothing. Um, At that point, nothing is nothing is wrong. Uh, Contract needs to be um, have an addendum signed because delivery is actually changing now. Uh, And buyer wasn't ready. Trucks showed up on farm. They were literally under the auger. We were getting ready to load and it was like a big kerfuffle and it was no, no. Um, And buyers not ready for them. So extend contract contract gets extended to November. Um, so fine, great, whatever. All two more loads go. Last truck goes. Last truck unload is November 17th of 2023. So by my calculations, because remember payment terms are 25 calendar days by the yep. first contract. Second contract, it they it slid on there. 25 business days was the payment. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay people need to be really, really careful about the contracts that they're signing and you guys, and it was a signed contract that was sent. Right. So we need to, we need to be very, very careful about the payment terms and make sure that that doesn't, that doesn't change for, for the farmer. Well, I just would add to that, like you're receiving documentation that's moving the, the delivery date. Um, and this is a pet peeve of mine. If you're changing, if that changes in the contract, the business days or calendar days, in my opinion, that should be highlighted in bold, you know, in whatever color you want to pick to say, this is changing. Please initial this as well, because this is different. And I know that's not what happens, but it drives me bonkers. <laughs> it's a very easy no. change, but it yes. And, and it's even, it's just something just to show like, Hey, you know, this is, this is what has been changed and Oh, Hey, we need to change this also, or, or whatever, you know? Um, but there was no, there was no conversation around that whatsoever. So, yeah. My- so, my next question you may not have the answer for, but I want to ask it anyway, because I'm curious, yeah. but did the end buyer, did they actually not have space for it? I don't know. I never investigated that part. Okay. I never, I never even thought to investigate that part by the time it even clicked in my head. And I started putting two and two together that I wasn't going to be paid upon the agreed to payment terms. And I finally stopped listening to them that it was like oh okay yes no like yeah okay. yeah okay there's probably uh, more to the story going on absolutely absolutely it just what popped in my head is when they you know making those changes and anyways yep. um okay so we're getting towards the end of the year we're getting to christmas time we're getting to a time of year where um it seems like you need money in december <laughs> uh 
at a bare minimum, you got Christmas coming, but you need money for end of December. A lot of decisions get made in December. And then that just continues to compound into Jan, Feb, March, and so on and so forth. So now you're you're in a position where they've changed the terms on the contract, haven't really highlighted it, haven't been forthcoming or upfront about it. Um, so what happens after that? What's the next step? So basically what happens is, remember, I'm still waiting for the settlement. So December, yeah. uh, what was it? December 15th rolls around and the AFSC guy's like, hey, I want to finish up your crop insurance claim. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we should be paid here for those loads of peas. Oh, it's only December 15th. We should have had money by the 12th or 13th, whatever. But I get it. You know, you try to give that grace period and, yeah, you know, you think no big deal. Yep. I had to, I had to phone and I had, it was like pulling teeth to even get the settlement. It wasn't in like, my husband had asked for the settlement a couple times and they had kind of been pushing him off. It wasn't until I picked up the phone and I was like, this is what's actually going on. This is why we need the settlement. So, and it was, Oh, okay, well we'll get the money to you. Like next week, we're going to be able to pay you out. And it was always these promises of next week, next week, or the, my, my personal favorite was before was two weeks before Christmas was a little clickety click on the computer. And then it was, mm, yeah, maybe we'll be able to pay you out next week, but I'm not, I'm not sure. That's when my, that is when my stomach, my heart dropped into my stomach. Uh, the uncertainty in the tone was all, it was so scary. It was yeah. scary. Yeah. So, um, I guess to put things into perspective, like my, so the, the three loads of peas were contracted, um, it all in all, it was for 1466 a bushel in our, in our pocket is what we should, is what we came with way mm -hmm. with, which we did come away with that price. I will say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, it was constantly, it was constantly phoning on a weekly basis. Every Friday I would phone their VP of finance and it was me being super unpleasant and me literally screaming the consequences that I am suffering because we had that money, like you said, earmarked. Yeah. People have financial decisions, farms especially, have financial decisions that need to be made before December 31st. And we had crop insurance money earmarked. We had that money earmarked. We had a financial plan, right? And in order yep. to get where we needed to do, I needed all the stars to align. And that included the settlement from Eggfinity. Yep. Um, so and I would just add, Christy, that's completely that's a everyday normal thing for farms in yeah. Western Canada. Like I, yes. my, my past is crop marketing. Right. And, and it was always, I need to maximize my price within my, my window that I need cash. Right. I need the best price, but I need money in the bank for this state. This That's isn't right. like coming out of like left field here saying, you know, this is totally different. This is, Hey, we have a plan. This is our plan. We need to execute this. And, uh, so it's totally normal. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, it, and you, and you would think it was, and it, it turned into, yeah, I, I had to scream to get my settlement. I had to scream to get my settlement. Um, and, and even then, um, later on in the story, um, common, um, knowledge between shrinkage and dockage is also very important. 
um, mm -hmm. terminology that people, uh, especially brokers, need to brush up on also. Okay. Um, yeah, so that, I'll get to that point later on. So anyways, I finally get my settlement. December 15th, we are nearly one month after we hauled that last load of peas, did we finally receive our settlement? Um, so we're past, we're past the, the payment terms of the 25 calendar days, because that is the first contract that we were agreed to. That mm -hmm. is what I held them to, um, in regards to payment, um, and, 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 uh, calculation of the tax or sorry, the interest that they needed to, um, reimburse me. Mm -hmm. Um, so at this point, this is December 15th, uh, December 23rd is kind of like the last day before Christmas break. And then there's that two weeks kind of where nobody does anything and nobody knows, yep. you know, what day it is or anything like that. So, <laughs> yep. you know, okay, there's promises. Oh, December 23rd, you're going to be paid. You're going to be paid. There was absolutely nothing. There was nothing. There was no payment. There was, oh, well now you're not going to be paid until January. And at this point, I'm starting to see other posts uh, being, I'm being actually tagged in at this point because I've told a few other guys, hey, I'm having trouble with this company. Yep. And now I'm starting to see other farmers in Southern Alberta and even Saskatchewan are actually starting to have troubles and are in the same boat uh, as me and, and are being fed, fed the same story. Um the official story that I got uh, that was actually very consistent and that didn't change um, was that it started with a backlog in the summer um, with vacations and all this kind of stuff. So they were just late paying people. Then it turned into, well, then we did some investments in our customer um our customer service uh, area a little bit better and all that kind of thing. So, you know, and then the money that we have in order to pay you, well, it's tied up in investments and stuff right now. So we actually, we just don't like, I assure you the money is coming, but, and then, you know, and then, you know, it was a drought in Western Canada, right? So we didn't have enough grain rolling through the doors in order. So what they've done is they've actually, and, and it gets better because I'm like, okay, thinking, okay, not a big deal. I start to do some investigating because there's nothing I can do over Christmas break. So, you know, yeah. I'm stressed out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, are we going to lose our money? Um, are we even going to be paid? Like our, our, our settlement was only for $70,000. Okay. So I consider myself lucky, but still $70,000 is still a chunk of change. <laughs> for my, most, biggest, yep. <laughs> my biggest, my biggest upset was that it was the hundreds of thousands of dollars that were also being held up in crop insurance. So right. I, yeah. it was, it wasn't just that, right. Um, so I started to do some investigating and I actually found, I have a, I have a relationship with who the end buyer was. So I actually phoned the head office in Regina and had a great lovely chat with their head financial controller there. And she mm -hmm. was able to actually confirm for me that they were paid November 30th via EFT. So I could confirm that they had my money within, um, what did she say? Uh, yeah, within Couple two weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah, two weeks, 17, 17th to the 30th, whatever that is. They had yep. actually, so the end buyer had stuck to their payment terms. They, had, they have an agreement that they have to pay Eggfinity um, and all of this because that is how this contract worked. Um, okay. For people who are new to how they're trying to operate right now, this is their new way of operating. So what they're doing is, which is completely illegal, I have confirmed it myself with the CGC, 
Um, like I said earlier, when you make those big networks, you start to know who to talk to and, and in what channels. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, they're buying, they're buying and selling the grain and they're buying and selling grade grain. And that is illegal for them to do. They are actually not licensed. They are not bonded. They are not allowed to do that. They are supposed to be buying feed quality only. Okay. So if it's feed quality, they're within their, their rights. They, they, they got that figured out. Yes. But if it's, if it grades, if it's wheat, for example, grading a number two, that would be an area that they should not or could not. They're not supposed to be buying that. They're not okay. supposed to be buying grade green is okay. what my, is what my sources have told me because yeah. they're just because they're not licensed. Right. So if they were right. licensed through uh, Canada Grains Commission, then absolutely they'd be able to buy it because they are licensed. Okay. They are bonded. They've done the paperwork and everything that they need to do. Right. Yeah. So have have doing do we i guess i can phone the cgc and find out but do they have that paperwork anywhere or that paperwork does not exist that paperwork does not exist because uh eggfinity is actually only applied for cgc um licensing so they're in the application process right now okay okay so that's also very important to know also because um even though brokers are in, if you know that a broker is in the application process through Canada Grains Commission and you're still having problems with them, my best advice is you still call the CGC. You still call okay. the CGC. You still let them know. If Especially if you know that they are licensed or in the process of being licensed, you let them know. Absolutely. Because that's still... Your voice still matters. And if farmers are phoning in and being like, hey, this broker is giving me grief and oh, hey, this broker has this, they have an internal list of who's applied for licensing. And if that company is on there, it it doesn't work well necessarily in their favor or it could not work well in their favor going forward. Well, I yeah, I could I could see that it's almost like you have references calling in, right? Like kind of your yeah. like your people you're doing business with putting up their hands saying, "Hey, uh, you know, this is going on, or is this right, or whatever." So yeah, it, you know, it to me that that's yeah, that's interesting. Um, Think of it as like the Better Business Bureau, but for grain companies, grain elevators, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that brings me back to where January. We're 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 January now. Um, I'm confirming with the end buyer. Yeah, they were paid. So you haven't been paid yet. We're into 2024. I'm into 2024, and I still have not been paid at this point. And remember, last load was November 17th, um, but the delivery was actually three loads were scheduled for October. So it was, I did receive a partial payment actually, um, December, it would have been mid December. I managed to squeeze 22,000 out of them because I finally was so much of a pain in the butt that I was able to get money out of them. And then it was a remaining amount of 44,000 and change. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus an additional $2,250 in interest charges that I've received in January of 2024. So what's what's the story to, okay, I'm going to back this up for a sec. (laughs) So I, I catch, I I guess I catch um, 
I catch wind of this sometime in that foggy period between Christmas and New Year's, I think is when I when I kind of see this, or I don't know where I saw it, but I kind of see this happening. And then from there, again, I'm doing a podcast. I reached out to them for uh, some comment around this because the, the one thing that drives me bonkers is when, and I've seen, like, there was a time in my career where we were going to buy plane tickets. There was a buyer that was going under. It was for Flax. We had to get to Vancouver and we were buying plane tickets, the client and myself to go and knock on their door to get payment. Anyways, that time it worked out, but it it hasn't worked out for many producers across the prairies. I don't have to throw a bunch of names out there on who's done what and so on and so forth. But so I, I, I reach out to them and I don't think they responded at all for quite a while. But what I did after that is I just poked around a few other areas to see if anybody else was experiencing this. And that's what got my attention was that, and you've said it already, but you are not alone. And I actually, this is on a sidebar, but I was chatting with a grower a couple weeks ago and I kind of, I didn't mean to throw it in the conversation at the end, but I just said, oh man, like, you know, whatever's happening there is sure frustrating. And the grower said, mm, what are you talking about? I said, oh, I don't know. They're just really slow to pay over there. And, you know, it's frustrating to see that and see these, you know, this momentum building online. And he, he, uh, he, he just went quiet and I said, do they owe you money? And he said, yeah. And I said, oh no, man, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. I honestly, I threw it in at the end as just like a filler, like a, we were about to hang up. And uh, uh, and then I just said, well, you should get on the horn then. And, and that was back um, early October. And yeah. that was in January that they were getting settled on that one. And uh, same same thing. They made some phone calls and stuff. So I again, um, what drives me bonkers is that this has not worked out for growers in the past. And then... What I see across my social media feed is the next quote, price, delivery point, sell us grain. And that's what really drives me nutty over here. Because now I don't, and I, I have no inside knowledge. I have no idea if if this is a, a business plan of theirs, if, if this is something where they've, you know, written down this is how we're proceeding on doing business and this is how it's going forward. I have no idea. I don't know what the story is over there. Um, but I got the same responses as you. And I, the first one I got was an accounting. I should look it up actually, but it was more of like an accounting delay. And thank you for bringing it to our attention. We're working on it. Um, but to be honest myself here, um, this stinks a little bit. It stinks. And uh, we, multiple growers now bringing this up, different storylines. It has not been consistent, in my opinion. I again, I'm nobody, right? I'm Joe Blow on X who sends a message. That's fine. Like they don't owe me money, um, <clears throat> but there, there's there's a lot of people involved here now, and a lot of dollars, and I don't know 
what those that figure is. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know. I joked that at the farm show that maybe they were just handing out giant checks. Maybe they were waiting for you to show up at the farm show and just get a giant check. There's a farm show coming up in your backyard in a couple of weeks. Maybe they'll be there with a giant check. But they were they've they've been at all the farm shows as well. And so that you know that's what starts to strike a nerve for me is that there's people here and at the very, if I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, if I just want to sit here and say, give you the benefit of the doubt, <clears throat> poor communication. I could sit here and say, okay, let's chalk it all up to poor communication. I can't chalk it up to poor communication right now. So, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's frustrating. And you know what? I would love to give you an estimate on how much I think they owe farmers. But what is the most frustrating thing is that figure changes every week i am now seeing something new i am tagged into something i am hey you need to message this farmer you need to talk to this person it's oh hey i got a phone call from word of mouth hey i heard this like i heard that yep. yeah and that's you know your frustration that you're talking about that is what drove me to put it on x I had my money. I have my money. What's the worst that comes? Come and talk to me about slander. I hope I hope the cops show up at my door. I haven't said anything wrong. I haven't mm. said anything that wasn't the truth. I didn't call mm. them down. I said I lost my trust in them and that's what I lost. And mm -hmm. it's 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 really really sad because at one time they were actually a very good company and they have lost so many farmers trust and the frustrating thing is that companies they don't understand that having a farmer's trust is everything especially it when it comes to money like you don't touch somebody else's livelihood you just don't do that so well and it spreads like yeah. wildfire because we sat in a room together with i don't know how many farms were in there representing how many thousands of acres it doesn't take long for this to, to spread. But, it, you know, at the end of the day, we want people to be aware of what's happening out there. We want people to yes. ask the extra questions, right. review their contracts, be protected. That's at the end of the day what what we need to try to accomplish here is to help other people. Um, yes. Any other tips or anything that you've kind of learned here over the last couple of months that you could share with listeners today? Or did we cover I it thought, all? I actually thought about this. Um Number one thing that I do and that it it has saved us time and time and time again, and it is timeless, pen and paper, document everything, everything. Start building a case. Pretend you're a lawyer and you are gathering evidence for an exhibit, exhibit, exhibit. Gather everything, document yep. everything, date, time, name, if you can get it in email, get it on text message because all if you can get it in writing, single-handedly documentation wins every time. If it I does. can pinpoint the date, the time, who I talked to, what we talked about, like down to the minute makes a huge difference. Um, research, don't be scared to get out and ask those questions. Um, don't be scared. I, I was like, ah, you know, do I, do I talk to the end buyer? Do I let him know? No, you let him know. You absolutely let him know. Um, and, and my biggest thing, another, I guess, tip, if you're going to put it out on social media, Hey, I'm having problems and all this kind of stuff. 
don't be scared to do some research for yourself also because you're going to have a lot of guys out there that are just interjecting their opinion as advice and that's not necessarily the truth you know i had people saying you know um i had put in the comments you know i know that they're i know that they're um applying for licensing and all this i'm going to call the cgc and let them know and you know i had people laugh in my face and say you know that's either like being pregnant or you're not you're either licensed or you're not well you know, CGC right. is yep. very, very aware. And, you know, we may not ever see those per- um, repercussions in the public eye or on social media, but I can guarantee you, your voice matters, right? Yep. Your voice yep. matters. You have to speak up. You have to say something. <laughs> and not only that, I guess my last piece of advice, and it might not be for everybody, but for me, too many times in my life, I have literally sat by and I have known a piece in a piece of information and somebody else hasn't known about it. And it caused them so much heartache. It caused them so much stress. It caused them so much anxiety that I yep. swore I would never, ever sit by and do that ever again. I know the stress that I went through over Christmas. I know the stress that, that I was going through and I don't want to see another farmer put through that. Some guys have, we, we've had droughts, we've had bad years, you know, um, inputs are, were at an all time high equipment is through the roof, land prices, this, that, you know, the policy, the advocating everything that the, that is coming to light now is, is completely. Yeah. It's, you have to, you have to speak up and you have to say something because we're all in this together, honestly. Well, and that's a, the one thing in agriculture is, is the um, is transparency. Everyone gets scared and nervous to talk about, you know, what what their you know what grain prices look like or input prices or every, it's a very everyone gets uncomfortable. Um, but in agriculture, when everyone can share or people start sharing and talking, it's extremely powerful in in all sorts of areas of of the business. So um, that's right. That's right. And I that's guess, where those that's where those networking things come come in handy, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I uh, I appreciate you jumping on the pod and being candid and open about your experience. Um, again, folks, if you're listening into this and uh, you have any uh, comments or feedback, you can hit me up on my email at Ryan at whatthefuturespodcast.ca or message me across social media platforms. Um, again, folks, trying to create awareness on some of the uh, the struggles out there and, and we don't want to see other growers going through the same thing. So if a company's been slow paying you, I certainly wouldn't mind talking about it and, and getting that to air if, if necessary. So uh, thank you so much, Christy. I, I see that beautiful sunshine in the background there. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And, uh, you know, maybe we can do a follow up to this later on this year. Maybe uh, sure. there'll be some follow up for us. So, OK. Good. Awesome. Take care. Talk soon.